Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 4th of December, 2020. Pride goeth before the fall. And I want to tell you about a time that I experienced that this last summer. Uh, One of my favorite places to be in the world is on a golf course with my dad. A lot of good memories going all the way back to when I was just a kid out there uh, having fun and playing a great game with my father. Uh, Except one of the problems is my dad, he's really good at golf. Uh, I mean, he's good enough to play on a team at USC with guys that went on to win professional major championships. Now you see between my father and me, the gene pool got diluted and uh, I don't have the same skill uh, at golf that my dad does. And so I've never straight up beat my dad even to this day. Uh, He's still that good. And uh, even when we'll come up with some game where he's given me some some shots, you know, or we're kind of handicapping it to give me a chance, uh, even then, most of the time, he wins. But this last summer, we were together and we were playing and I thought I was going to beat him. In fact, it was the second to last hole. I had hit a good shot and I was up a little bit in the match and I thought it was over. And I hit a putt pretty close to the hole and thought, well, this is done. And I was kind of strutting up to my ball thinking it was over. I thought it was so over that my dad even was just going to concede and kind of give up and say, good match, son. You finally got me. That's not what happened. And uh, what happened was, as I kind of looked to my dad expecting him to say something, he said, you think this is over? Not so fast. And he went on to say, you know what? You got a downhill putt. I think you're going to miss that one so bad that you'll miss the next one too, and I'm going to come back and win. Guess what happened? Exactly what my dad said. And so even though I thought I had it in the bag, even though I thought I had won, Not so much. Pride goeth before the fall. And I want us to see two examples today in our Bible reading of guys who thought they had it together, guys who thought they they had it going for them, and then somebody tells them exactly what's going to happen, the downfall that they are about to experience, and that's what happens. And the first of those people is King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar thought an awful lot of himself. I mean, in chapter 3, we see him setting up uh, a statue, uh, really, that's supposed to represent himself and telling people to bow down and worship it when the music plays. And there's the famous story then of the fiery furnace. I mean, that's a lot to tell people to bow down and worship a statue that's meant to resemble you. Um, And in this second story that we read today in Daniel chapter 4, we read about Nebuchadnezzar and it it describes him in verse 4 as being at ease in his house and prospering in his palace. Everything is going good. He thinks he's got it made in the shade. But then something happens. He has a dream about this tree that gets chopped down and Daniel tells him what the point of the dream is and he's saying it's, it's referring to, to you. 
and how Nebuchadnezzar is basically going to lose his mind for a while. And he's going to even live with, with the animals and go out into the wilderness. Um, but then God will restore him. And guess what happens? Exactly what Daniel says. And we see pride goeth before the fall. In verse 28, it says, All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? He's getting cocky. He's talking about how great he is. And it is at that moment, it says, while the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you and he's driven away. And exactly what Daniel says happened. And it seems that the king does learn some measure of humility as a result of this. So I want us to see the danger of pride, the danger of being cocky, uh, of thinking too much of ourselves or thinking that we've got it all together. And I want us to see an opposite of that, not just humility, but I want us to see also two examples of the opposite of this cocky, proud, I've got it all figured out mindset. And that is the example of love. We're going to see some of that as we turn to John 13. But before we get there, I want us to notice one example of love in this story in Daniel as well. And that's the example of Daniel himself, right? He is summoned to interpret this dream for the king. And I want you to notice how he responds. And it refers to Daniel there in verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. So Daniel is his Hebrew name, but they kind of gave him a Babylonian name, Belteshazzar. He was dismayed. He was bothered by what he saw in this dream and what he understood it to mean. And his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and says, the king, Daniel's so bothered here that the king has to calm him down. Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretations alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. And then he goes on to explain that the dream is referring to King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, I want you to see that as an example of love and grace by Daniel. That really stood out to me reading through this time. Uh, what did Nebuchadnezzar do in chapter 3? Nebuchadnezzar threw three of Daniel's best friends into a fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar was not a good dude, okay? But Daniel, in response to this king, I mean, so easily could have been, hey, king, let me tell you the interpretation of your dream. You're going to get what's coming to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. No, that's not how he responds. He has enough compassion that, that he even has compassion for this wicked, proud, arrogant king and even wishes that this dream was not for him. And in contrast to Nebuchadnezzar's pride, I think we do see an example of, of Daniel's humility, but also his love for the king and his compassion for the king. And we see those same examples as we now turn to John chapter 13. We're wrapping up the 
kind of the, the feet washing. We're on that last night before Jesus is going to get crucified. And here we see Peter getting cocky where Simon Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answers, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So here we see Peter. He thinks he's got it all figured out. He's strutting around. I'll lay down my life for you, Jesus. And Jesus says, not so fast. In fact, you're going to deny me three times tonight. And we know enough of the story to know that's exactly what happens. Peter, he was so confident, even spiritually, in himself. And pride, again, goes before the fall. But again, we see a contrast between this cockiness that Peter has to what Jesus had told them to do. He just said that he was giving them a new commandment to love one another. And he says in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let's put our cockiness aside Let's tear down our pride and let's replace it with something else, which should be a love and concern for other people. And in Daniel, I think we, uh, we see a love and a concern even for a godless, unsaved king. And in, in what Jesus' words, we see instruction to love one another, to especially look out for and care for other believers. So we want to ask those questions of ourselves today. We want to check our own hearts for pride. Are there areas where we're getting cocky, where we're thinking we've got it all together? And that might be spiritual pride, thinking that we're stronger than we are spiritually. That might be pride about accomplishments or materials that we have or wealth that we have. And we need to realize, no, that's not what it's all about. What we should be doing is loving others, compassion for the lost, love and service to our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is what we're seeing here in God's word today. Not the way of pride, but the way of love and the way of service. We continue on in our Bible reading today in the book of Revelation. And we ended yesterday in chapter 8 with three woes. Uh, This cry of woe, woe, woe from this angel. And he's talking about the last three trumpets that are going to blow. And we we read about the fifth trumpet. The first of these woes today in Revelation 9, 1 through 12. And we see this angel falling or and star falling from heaven and this uh, bottomless pit opened and really these demonic creatures coming out that inflict pain on people. And, and the one verse that stood out to me the most in that reading today was verse 6. It says, and in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. And again, as we read through the book of Revelation, we want to make sure that even as we try to understand some of the more complicated aspects of the book and understand what these things are talking about, that we don't miss the big obvious points. And again, one of those big obvious points should be how incredible God's wrath is towards sin and how serious we should think of sin. And here, as we see God's wrath poured out, we see such a horrible scene of people longing for death, 
but not being able to find it. And let us understand as we read through this, let us have a proper sense of trembling and awe and even fear at the wrath of God. And I pray that it brings in us a, a distaste for sin and a respect for the gravity and the horror that sin is as we see God expressing judgment upon it here uh, in this passage. On the other hand, though, we see something sweet and something comforting in Psalm 139, a more famous psalm than the one we looked at yesterday, but we start today with the first eight verses. And it gives us this concept of God knows us. He has searched us and there is nowhere we can go that he's not there. There is no thought that we can think that God does not know. And so that's where, before we even get to the comfort, we need to realize there's conviction in that too. Um, God sees all of our thoughts and, and that can be a, a convicting thing as well, but also it can be a comforting thing. God knows our cares, our anxieties, our worries, our fears. God knows our frustrations. God knows our, our hopes. God knows our thoughts, everything about us. He's intimately acquainted with us. Verse five says, you hem me in behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So in these last couple passages, I think we see just the the horror of the wrath of God, but also the sweetness of the nearness of God. And I hope that does, Stephen, as you face temptation today, that those thoughts really are powerful uh, deterrence for you that you realize what no God hates sin and I'm not going to get away with it even if the sin is only going on in my mind God knows about it but on the other hand how sweet it is that God knows us that God cares for us that God surrounds us it's wonderful it's good and I hope that's an encouragement and a comfort to us and I hope those thoughts even help us to lower ourselves to humble ourselves, to not be cocky, to not act like we have it all together, but to humbly lean on the God who knows us and to compassionately look out and serve those around us. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.